one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome back to the uh, Hey Bus Driver podcast. We are first episode of the new year, 2021, so taking a little break from uh, our last episode, which I think was mid-December, so wanted to get in a little a little sooner, but, you know, I think everybody's personal well-being is, is also deserving of a little bit of time off, so thank you to everybody for joining. Today, we are going to be talking to, I guess, the executive board is what we would call this for the Arizona Association of People Transportation, so I am joined by... Uh, J.R. Roland, who is the outgoing president, I believe. Hilma Gustafson, who is the treasurer. Armando Cuellar, who's, I, I don't know, I guess you could call him a godfather of APT, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> he's been here and he's been joined, he's been on the show before. But uh, here, I think you're the what communications person now. I think that's what we, yeah. what we call you. Media. And then Social Andy. media editor. Yeah, there you go. And uh, Angie Rab, who is the incoming president, and our buddy Chad Brinkley, who's going to just be our color analyst for the day again. So thank you all for being here on a Saturday morning, uh, climbing out of a wet, snowy in some parts of Arizona week that it's been. But uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Doing well. Good. Surprised Thank you have me back for 2021. I know it was. Uh, I almost put a survey out asking if everybody wanted you, and then I just said, you know what? Don't do we'll that. Just, we'll just keep him coming. He's he's a glutton for punishment and keeps saying yes. So oh, gladly have him back. <laughs> I I described Chad as the the comedic sidekick. Yeah. Of the podcast. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. See, there's one approval right there. He has no clue <laughs> on, on half the stop stuff. The survey now. Yeah, he has no clue on half the stuff we talk about, but he just just throws just stuff content against the wall and makes people laugh. So we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like uh, Ed McMahon. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I just say stuff. Yeah. So we'll go real quick around the uh, around the quote virtual room and. Uh, you know, like I said, Armando's been uh, with us before in a, another episode where we talked about um, kind of technology and, and transportation and a little bit of history there. So started out with Armando, and then we'll just kind of go around. I'll call everybody out. Just what your position is. You don't necessarily have to share your district, but what you, how long you've been with the industry and and uh, what your you know kind of what you do on the on the board for AAPT. Yep, I'm uh, a transportation supervisor in downtown Phoenix. Um, I've been with AAPT, I was thinking of this the other day, my very first experience with the association was the school bus rodeo in 1980 at Paradise Valley High School. And so I, I think I didn't place in the top 10 or anything, but I decided to come back after that and keep working on it. And 
got better and better and better. So finally got first place in 1992. But um, yeah, I've been around, I've been uh, different positions. Um, it's in my blood now and I'm probably, I don't know if there's anybody else who has been on longer any more than, than I have. Um, Kathy Irwin was around. She's retired now. She's still involved a little bit. Um, her and I served quite a while on the board. But, uh, you know, I was a protege of John Goss, who was the, the savior of AAPT for many, many, many years and brought it back to existence when it was about to disappear. And, and we worked together as a team at, at Marana Unified back in the mid 80s so that's that's my story all right so 12 so 12 years before you won the rodeo like what type of training you didn't like cheat did you like peds or anything just <laughs> oh, driving no. just get uh, better you know that was that was way before we had monster and bang and everything else so <laughs> okay <laughs> it was all done just naturally coffee. not done naturally with coffee there you go <laughs> JR, how about you? Um, I am the transportation director at Cottonwood Oak Creek School District. Um, I came in to the AAPT board, I'm thinking around uh, 2014, if I remember correctly. And that was by default that I actually uh, came to the conference that year at my school district. Um, <clears throat> our secretary for transportation at that time was actually the person that's supposed to come and he was on the board at that time and he ended up getting very ill. And um, so I ended up just filling that spot. And uh, before I knew it, before the conference had ended, I got voted in as a board member. And uh, so from there, it's just kind of escalated to where, you know, I'm now I'm the outgoing president and uh, Angie will be coming in. And uh, I know that you know, we have a, a very good team on that executive board and, you know, having Armando as our guru, um, basically, and of course, Hilma, our secretary, which, you know, she's just incredible uh, to be able to work with along with the rest of the people that are on the executive board that get voted in by all the membership. And we do have our uh, conferences. It's just um, one of those feelings where you know that you're going to be able to pull it together um, no matter what our challenge is. And, you know, it's just um, like our Mondo said, you know, once you get it in your blood, uh, you can't get rid of it. And you kind of feed off of that and you keep looking for more. Uh, almost like uh, when Jason uh, hits a nice drive, he wants to hit another one out yeah. on the golf course. And, uh, you know, that one felt good. So, um, you know, we, we definitely challenge ourselves. We challenge everybody on the board to try and put in as a best effort that they can for each of those events that we do hold. And it's been uh, kind of a sad, sad thing uh, with this pandemic that we haven't been able to get together and have our bus rodeo, which we had canceled last year right at the last minute. And as you said earlier uh, in the podcast today, that we're not going to be able to hold one again this year but um, we're striving to try and have something for this coming fall at the conference if at all possible so we'll discuss that some more uh, right in the uh, in the 
in the morning here. Sure. Hilma, you've been uh, been here quite a while as well. So how about you? How'd you yeah. get, how'd you get started and and uh, what's your position? I was going through my records this morning and and believe it or not, this is my twentieth year with AAPT. <laughs> Twenty years. Um, looking back, my first experience with AAPT was in two thousand and five. I'm sorry, 2002 at the conference held in Apache Junction. And I did not know what I was getting myself into. My supervisor at the time, Mr. Henry Meza, um, got a hold of me and said, I have something I really would like for you to do. I'd like for you to attend this conference and I want you to uh be part of the DPS sobriety uh, presentation that they're going to put on. I said, well, what do I have to do? He says, well, you're just going to get with the DPS officers and you can drink all the alcohol that you want all day long. And all oh, you have to do oh. is get up in front of a whole stage of people and do sobriety tests several times throughout the day. Well, it was a lot of fun, but there's a whole lot of it that I don't remember. <laughs> but um, but I remember before all that got started, just seeing the classes and, and all of the things that was offered. I knew that that was something that I wanted to be a part of. So here I am, 20 years in. Right on. Thank you. And then, uh, Angie, I think we've got you muted, but... Uh... So if you can unmute yourself and then just share with us uh, your, I guess, position up in Flagstaff and then, um, you know, obviously your position coming into the board. You've been with AP2 quite quite some time as well. Yeah, I was I was just going to say you'd have to ask Hilma because I can't remember when I came in. Um, yeah, and that sounds like fun, Hilma. We ought to bring that sobriety <laughs> back for one, at least one conference. I am um, the operations manager for Flagstaff Unified School District. I have been in transportation since 1994. I've been with Mesa Public Schools, and I've been with Wide Ruins Community School up on the Navajo Reservation. So I really enjoy being a part of the AAPT team. I enjoy helping my uh, Northern Arizona school bus drivers in, in obtaining whatever it is they need. If they need training, I'm more than happy to go provide it. If they need PPTs, anything, um, I've made myself available for them. I just, I just can't tell you how much I enjoy helping others in this industry. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that's, that's one of the big things about this organization and the other state organizations is that everybody is willing to help, right? And so we join and kind of join forces and bring an organization together that that is helping districts or, or uh, organizations that need help in training or recertifications or really anything and just being kind of an outlet for folks to, um, you know, to reach out and, and ask for help. Because it seems like this industry for whatever reason gets a lot of turnover and a lot of movement from place to place and every year you hear about a new administrator that's stepping in and doesn't really know what's going on so 
A, I commend all of you, you know, for your um, service to the to the industry in the state and, and how you guys have helped out and grow this industry here in Arizona. So um, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, obviously this group knows what AAPT is, but for, for those that don't, you know, I think AAPT was the first and only transportation <clears throat> organization probably for quite some time, and maybe we need to tap Armando for a little his, history lesson here. Um, just about, you know, how it came to be and, and what AAPT is. Well, AAPT is a, an organization that was started in 1949, um, to help, uh, bolster awareness and, you know, bring together school transportation people of Arizona, mainly bus drivers at the time, um, but any, you know, supervisors, directors, whatever was going on at that time, because transportation was a lot different in 1949 than it is now. And uh, there was hardly any type of training. People walked in the door and they gave you the keys and told you to go pick up these kids, whether it was uh, you were in your horse drawn wagon or whatever was going on back then. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, as the years went on, we, we've uh, had our low points and our high points. We've had some really good conferences. We are, I always like to say, we're the, we're the organization that's been to every corner of the state as far as uh, holding our conferences all over Arizona, uh, bringing ourselves to the, to the, basically to the people. And um, we, we get some good turnouts. Uh, we do host the school bus rodeo every year with the winner going to represent Arizona at the international competition, wherever that happens to be each year. Um, just like us, the internationals have not had a, a competition in a couple of years either. And um, so, you know, we're all ready to, to get started again. Uh, we've had... Um, some really good uh, leadership in the past and you know we continue to be strong and have people that are committed to uh, making the the organization strong stronger each year uh, we were the original uh, beginnings of the transportation administrators of Arizona sometime about the mid 70s the administrators decided they wanted something separate and uh, that way they could talk about administrative office duties and, and stuff like that. So it was uh, a group of, of the directors and supervisors that got together to, to start that. And now, you know, TAA is, is also a, a big, strong organization that, you know, hosts a meeting every year for, you know, transportation office staff and administration and, and that sort of thing. So. Together with them, we, we kind of have the whole state covered and take care of everybody and make sure that we're all keeping legal and up to date with all the changes that are going on in, in the nation as well as the state. Anybody else? That's yeah. nutshell. Anybody else got anything to add that maybe Armando missed or, or what you think that maybe the organization since 49 has, has kind of grown and and turned into you know how are we what what can new members 
expect or new attendees expect? Obviously, outside of a COVID world, you know, what are they, what might they see or feel when they come to see a conference? Well, for me, um, this is JR. Um, as I guess maybe the newest member of this executive team that has a little bit of, of longevity that we're working towards right now. But I see that we're a great support to all of the drivers within the state for any kind of training uh, that a lot of the school districts may not be able to come uh, to the uh, conferences or even to the bus rodeos for that information that we're always able to provide to them. But our team on the executive board is always willing to go out to any school district uh, once they're, uh, you know, we get notified, we try and get uh, a team of us to go out to those locations and help uh, get some of that training out there. Just like Angie said, you know, we're always all willing to go out and help where it's needed. And we know that the Northern Arizona part of our state definitely is always striving for people to come and help them because they're not always as easily to be able to uh, come to the central part of the state and get that kind of training in. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, there is like a revolving door for this industry for drivers. And with that, um, you know, we are, we are always doing a lot of training or catching up or just pressures, uh, and so trying to keep up to date with any new law changes uh, within the state, we're always trying to provide that information along with the TAA that's always able to try and help with that. Uh, so I believe that, you know, with training on our end, we're always willing to try and go out there. We have a lot of trainers on our executive board um, that are even third party testers within the state. So that way, anybody that needing to have that done I can also you can also try and help out with that so they may not have to go as far uh, as they need to for getting that type of test done so i think we're just a great support to all school districts within the state if they're uh, wanting to to reach out to us we'll be more than willing to help out yeah and and usually at conferences i think we we do provide uh six and a half hours worth a refresher for those mm -hmm. that if you don't have a a trainer per se at your location and your drivers are needing that six and a half hours of refresher they basically just sign up register for the, the fall conference and we run them through a variety of classes throughout the day correct that's correct mm -hmm. yeah it. we also yeah. offer first aid cpr refreshers and physical performance testing at that time if they need it as well got it so do you think that that's like one of the big draws maybe for a lot of these rural districts and um and sending their people to those locations and have you seen armada you talked about you know the this is one of the the only organizations that i think does travel around the entire state so do you do you see that in traveling that sometimes you get less attendance versus more attendance depending on what part of the state you're in Sometimes we do. Um, a, a lot of times when we go to the rural areas, you know, we went to uh, Kayenta a few years ago 
And I mean, they had an outstanding show showing there, and it was all the the rural uh, districts up in that area, up on the, on the Navajo reservation that showed up. And it uh, helps them, you know, not have to travel so far. And not that they don't. That they're they those districts up there travel everywhere, and they they always have a big showing at our conferences. But when we're in their area. No matter where we're at, we always get the local districts that, you know, well, we thought about going, but it was too far to go, and now you're here, and we want to see what it's all about, and and they they always show up, and um, you know, we very seldom do we have any conferences now that are uh, weak in attendance, so, sure. and you know. Uh, Hilma does an excellent job of getting everything all put together, and and uh, it, you know she's a very strong secretary treasurer, which the organization re, you know really relies on, and uh, she keeps everything organized for us. And you know if we start to slack off, she's there with the boot to yeah. get us back. <laughs> Angie, have you seen you know since we we weren't able to have rodeo last year and in, in conference, did you? Did you see like a, a, you know, I know that a lot of the Navajo reservation was pretty much shut down for quite some time. And I don't even know that schools open up there, but can you shed any light on how they've reached out to you to, or the organization to maybe assist with anything that might be COVID related as far as transportation or training or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I was going to add to Armando, what Armando was saying about, about school districts, I would say mainly in Northern Arizona, seeking out trainings, PPTs. They take advantage of not only AAPT, they also take advantage of NASTA, Northern Arizona Student Transportation Association. So if we don't get them at AAPT, they're at NASTA. So either, either way they get they have or they're offered um, the trainings that they need. As far as as far as what I see, I get school districts um, emailing me. Just this past week, I have a school district way up in northern Arizona. I would say close to Utah, asking for first aid, CPR training, and PPTs. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm working on getting them scheduled to come down to our district to perform those things that they need. Now, when COVID first hit, I had a district up in the heart of the Navajo Nation who had, I want to say, was it 12, Hilma? I, I know I told you about it, that right. needed new driver training. And yeah. as much as I wanted to go, as much as I wanted to risk myself to help them, I couldn't. So that was very hard. And, and I've, I, I tried and tried to try to find a way around it. Could I do maybe Zoom training? But then I ran into the, into the testing part of it. How do I administer the test? So I, and, with that, I had conversations with DPS in trying to figure out how how we could work around it. So, 
COVID has been, we've taken a big hit and, and not only, not only our district, but many districts across the state, across the country, I'm sure have lost numbers of school bus drivers. Mm-hmm. I know right now we are down 20, 20 drivers and that's probably still going to climb, but we just got to do what we got to do or what we can do sure. in trying to trying to replace them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, I think now that the vaccine is starting to kind of roll out and we're, you know, people are still 50-50 on that, whether you're going to get it or, you know, half of them don't want to get it. It's not a, not a requirement yet uh, for employers that, you know, I don't know that that's going to happen or, or come down the way there to, to do that, but it's definitely... You know, even even just with if you take COVID out of it and just understand the unemployment benefits that everybody's able to get if they aren't working, it's hard to compete with that. And and unfortunately, the driver wages that you know school bus drivers make in this state. So um, mm-hmm. you know, why would they want to come back to work if they're collecting you know the money that they are and not having to work? So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a struggle that we're you know, that we're up against there, but, um, you know, it, it would be nice if we could have those conversations with DPS to, you know, on the, on the topic of training and some sort of virtual, or how do we do like a virtual test or something like that, you know, that they were able to step up and honestly kind of disappointed that they've been pretty quiet. And I know their student transportation units going through a little bit of a change, but just, you would have thought you would have heard, a, a lot more or at least a little bit more of you know communication from them and in, in this time that we've been going through because i think everybody's kind of struggling right we're all we're all trying to find out can we have sanitizer on our bus and you know dps inspections are right around the corner and you know mm-hmm. certifications are lapsing because we can't get people in a group and you know there's just they've just been super quiet so kind of like i said just pretty disappointing yeah, you know, one thing to add to that too, Jason, um, you know, we have to do our fire evacuation drills also on yeah. the buses. Yep. And the last direction we had gotten from DPS at my office, at least, was uh, they were wanting us to try and squeeze two of them in this year before the end of the school year. And here we are getting ready to come up to that time frame where we're going to, we would normally offer that at our school year. And we have yet to get an answer back from DPS. Yep right now as to what we are to do right now because there are so many schools that are still not even in person partially open and Mm -hmm. so it's just um you know we're not getting good clear direction right now as to what they they're wanting us to do because we all know what we would normally be doing right now but uh, circumstances we are definitely handcuffed yeah any situation for sure Yeah, it's a it's a tough bit, but you know they do support us in quite a few other things. Are typically out in April or I'm sorry March when we have the bus rodeo. So we got the troopers; they'll come out and support us for the day. So on topic of rodeo, I mean, did did rodeo come in 1949? Also, when the the event or when the organization started, or was that something that kind of got phased in down the road, like people just getting together and saying we should have a competition? Of what I understand, it was something that was phased in over the years. And I believe the first 
rodeo that I heard of was back in the early 60s. Um, when I worked at Roosevelt District as a bus driver, one of the directors there was Jim Kerrigan. And he was a longtime supporter of the association. And as we spoke some more, he always used to hang out at transportation. And he was the director of curriculum for the district at, at that time. And um, he told me that he won one of the first school bus rodeos. And it was like 1960, 59, 60, somewhere around there. And he even showed me his ID card and everything. And, and I know that I think Hilma met him at one time too, James Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was very proud of the fact that he was a bus driver. And after he retired, he continued on at Scottsdale Unified as a relief driver and loved the job. And, uh, but that was a, the first mention that I'd ever heard of a school bus rodeo, you know, that early. And uh, so I'm not sure if there was one that went on any time between 49 and 59 or something like that. But um, I know that for a while there, they, they kept having them. I mean, we have uh, plaques that show dates all the way back to early 70s uh, with winners from different districts around the state. And... Um, for many, many years, the, the rodeo was held at Marana School District in Tucson. And, um, you know, then we moved it to bouncing around to different areas around the state also, and finally settled on kind of a permanent home at the state fairgrounds in Phoenix, where we've been for, God, probably 15 or more years. Um, and everybody seems to know it's always held the second week of March and it's at the fairgrounds. So, you know, usually around this time of the year, they all start asking, you know, is rodeo information out? Where's it, you know, what, what the exact date, um, how much is it going to cost? We want to come that sort of thing. So, yeah, I remember know. first time I heard about the rodeo, my mom was a bus driver for Armando over at Madison and, um, when she said the fairgrounds, I just imagined that dirt lot that's that's there actually in the fairgrounds, and I just imagined this. I don't. I don't even know. I just it, like you know drivers driving around barrels or something like like horses, but you know, pretty funny. So, um, Chad, you've been to the rodeo, I think, here in Arizona once or twice, correct? Um, no, I've actually never been to a bus rodeo, like seen oh, it. Wow. No, I have. I'm just here thinking, man, I need, to, I need to get some coffee and start training. Yeah. <laughs> well, have we ever had a vendor that's actually participated in the rodeo? Not that I know of. No. Not that I'm aware of. That would be interesting to see, just their driving skills, I think. Because we don't, cause we don't, we don't know how to drive. Yeah. yeah Chad, you know, you're on the list China. now for volunteering, so... Don't go yeah, right. You know, we were kind of no, talking I mean, around the idea um, last year uh, about the executive board members because we normally don't get to participate in the, the bus rodeo, uh, having us have uh, a little competition at the end of the regular driver's competition just to mm -hmm. see how well we would do. 
you know, do it on. I've, I've, could, could a vendor, could a vendor, could a vendor participate in it? I mean, could <laughs> I sign up and do it? It sounds like a new category that we can add. There definitely. We go. That's right. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, you know, that would kind of be a, a, a very uh, fun thing to do just sure. to show the uh, other drivers that, uh, yeah. you know, their bosses or the people that they uh, also drive with uh, can do the same skills that yeah. they are. I haven't are even done it with. yet once. So, you know, <laughs> I, think you I, I think I would. Do, no, I, I'm always running the event. So, yeah. That's it. But uh, so on, on that, I mean, for those that are listening that don't know what rodeo is, you know, there's probably some drivers that they've heard about it, but they don't know. I mean, what can they expect on rodeo day when we're once we're able to have a rodeo again? You know, it's uh, uh it's it. I feel like it starts at what seven a.m. and depending mm-hmm. on how many people we have, can go as long as four thirty-five in the afternoon. So, mm-hmm. what is what is the event and and just I mean. What does it look like for maybe a competitor? The The state rodeo competition is held the second weekend in March, and the event consists of a written test based on a driver's knowledge of minimum standards and CDL, which is in the regulations for school bus drivers, and a driving skills test. There's 10 events total from uh, Parallel Park to Serpentine, um, Alley Dock, uh, several events, um, even a mystery event where they may have to back up and park their back tire on a $20 bill. We've had several different mystery events. Mm-hmm. But the, the winner of the event is then sent on to the International Rodeo and as an Arizona representative. We do recognize the top 10 uh, winners in, this, in the competition. Nice. So obviously, uh, ten events is probably quite something to set up. So I assume that you guys get quite a bit of help, or the executive board, or the just the the APT board goes out and sets up, you know, a series of cones or some type of device that goes into the parking lot the the day before everybody gets there, or or how's that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally um, it's a full day before the event comes. And uh, yeah, just setting up the course itself, uh, we have to have the measurements all correct uh, so that they will coincide with that international rodeo event. Because uh, when we do send our our winner from our, our competition, they are going to be facing the same events that we're putting them through. Uh, but from what we're hearing, the course that they have is a little bit more tighter, where it's not quite as much room uh, that we offer for them to be able to maneuver around the course event. But uh, with that said, it takes probably a good six, seven hours, depending on how many people we have helping out on that field crew to get all the events set up. Um and it is a challenge to try and get it all done because we never know what the weather is going to be like. Last okay. year, we were preparing for the uh, event. And normally, the uh, parking lot that we use, um, if it rains, uh, we're kind of going to get flooded, basically, <laughs> in that area because of the way that that uh, land lays. Um, so they were offering us a different site uh, on the rodeo, on the fairgrounds. And uh, it was pouring rain when we went to go and uh, look at it. I know that Armando and Helma and myself, uh, we were kind of cruising around in this little 
golf cart with the ladies. She was showing us where we were going to have our area to be able to have the rodeo event at. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was going to be a good experience nonetheless because we were going to get a more flatter plane of a uh, of a place to be able to have the event. But, um, you know, it's it, it's a lot of man hours for sure of trying to get the uh, course laid out. We do have a gentleman by the name of Freddie Yazzie that comes uh, down from Ganado uh, in northern Arizona, and he's. He's our mastermind, basically, of uh, setting up the rodeo event, uh, all the all the measurements and stuff, and all of the board members, the men, normally will be there to help support and just kind of get everything lined and chalked and marked and just double-checking all the measurements, and then we check them again the next morning just to make sure that we have it all laid out correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We well, if, it's, if it's raining, it makes parking that twenty dollar bill a lot harder. It's floating around in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't put it out until that morning up. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I can tell you, back in the the old days, um, most of the rodeo setup was done the morning of, and uh, only because when we were moving around to different schools. Uh, high school parking lots, that sort of thing. Um, you couldn't set up all day long at the school parking lot because it was being used by students. Uh, at least at the fairgrounds, it's a separate parking lot. There's nothing going on. It is secure, so we can set up the day before, leave everything there, and know that security is going to watch over it. Nothing's going to get tampered with. Um, so it is a lot easier now, even though it does take a lot longer. Um, to to get it all you know perfect for the next morning then the only thing we do is uh, when the buses start rolling in we take a look at them do some final uh, adjustments according to what type of buses come in if they got the the what the little mud flaps around the back wheels um, that stick out too far or whatever we can adjust it or pull the bus out of service um, so it, 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 there is a lot that goes into it to make sure that everything is done fairly and, uh, done right in order to make the competition flow. So, and I, and usually we've, we get a bunch of volunteers for judge that are judges or course, you know, course judges, right? You've got probably each event, I think usually has three or four people at, at each event that's in some of the events we have two sets so that we're moving buses through, but, uh, you know, I guess for those, and then, and then a whole tailgate section, basically you get districts that'll come out and support their, their, uh, yeah. their team, so to speak. And, you know, put up banners and, um, basically turn into a whole, whole affair. So pretty cool. Oh yeah. It's got, I don't know. When are we, when are we going to do a figure eight race? Uh, I'm in on that. <laughs> I've seen that on on uh, YouTube, and I, I've been interested in that. Usually, that's back east, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, and I keep waiting for somebody out here to do something like that with school buses. I'm ready. Now, don't don't <laughs> you guys have a whole bunch of trade-ins sitting in a lot somewhere? You can we got a lot of trade-ins. We could we could have like a whole NASCAR circuit with the trade-ins <laughs> sitting in a lot. Well, I had uh, Frank Villani from. Uh, Canyon State show up the other day in a four-wheel drive bus that he was getting ready to deliver uh, up north. 
at uh, Cedar Ridge, I believe is where it was going to. And uh, it was something to see for sure that had an eight inch lift on it. Uh, yeah. It was just beefed up. Uh, and of course they need those kinds of vehicles out on the reservations. I understand how the roads are and the, the weather out. Uh, it can get very nasty out there and uh, they would need something like that. So if you hadn't yeah, seen I it, one of those out last, I quoted one of those out last year and they're not cheap either. No, they're not. And uh, I think he said it was around 40,000 just for the upgrade wow. uh, with yeah. the four wheel drive unit and all the uh, suspension parts that they had to put on there. So uh, I think that would probably be pretty one of the figure eight events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed I didn't get to build one. I was looking forward to getting that quote done and then buying it, so just so I could see it and drive it. And but yeah, they're they're pretty cool looking. But yeah, you couldn't have that in the event. That'd be cheating. You needed a two wheel drive, <laughs> you know, seventy two passengers. That way, there's plenty to hit. Um, Hilma had mentioned earlier about the the competition winners, and we do recognize the top ten. In the rodeo, uh, the top five receive uh, cash prizes, and um, nothing nothing really to write home about or go retire the next day. But at least uh, you're rewarded for your uh, for your efforts. Sure. Um, you know, everybody receive either the top the top five receive trophies. The bottom, the next six through ten, receive um, plaques certificates. Right, and certificates. Yeah, and um, so it it does, um, you know, have have its rewards, and you know, usually it's up to the the first and second place winner. If the first place winner can't go to internationals, then the second place winner has that option. So internationals are basically the same. I mean, same thing, right? And they're yep. Are they all over? Are they the same location in the country? They they move around. It, it's uh, run by uh, NSTA, National School Transportation Association, is what they're who they're affiliated with. So they move around to wherever their uh, um, conference is held that year. And I mean, they they've been all over the place. I've had drivers who have been to. I went to. Um, I had a driver at Marana that was always winning the state rodeo, and she would go. So I, I, I went with her to um, Seattle, but she, you know, had been previous years to Anchorage and, and uh, Boston, Chicago, Tallahassee, Los Angeles, Oklahoma City, you know, so they, they just move around all over the place. Hmm. And we, we've sent winners to different locations also around hmm. the country. The year I went to nat national internationals was uh, I went to Chicago, Illinois. Also, gotcha. Is there a, and, a special needs rodeo? Yes, Hilma could talk about that one. There is a special needs rodeo. It's always held at the same time our rodeo is in Arizona, um, and STN um, puts that rodeo on. I I had the privilege of attending that a couple of years ago when I actually got to uh, help judge that event. That is something that our state has wanted to bring here and, um, and maybe team up with TAA to make that happen. Um, but again, it, there's just so much to put on a special needs rodeo. And for the fact that it always 
coincides with ours, we haven't been able to get that structure in there yet. Mm. But um, their events is a is a whole lot different. Um, it's all dealing with having students on the board as they're going through these competitions. Um, uh, they have, like, I think they're like five events. There is a written test. Um, but one of the events is while they're driving through a student, they have uh, adults, of course, that are the students, but they, um, they act up on the bus from standing up to even jumping out the doors, the windows, the front door, running off. They have to go get them. I mean, it's just something to see. And, um, and all and having to, you know, take care of your students and driving at the same time and knowing whether or not the assistant and the driver are on the same page and able to take care of their their bus. So it, it is a lot um, a lot different than what we do at our state competition, but it's something I'm very looking forward to one day bring to Arizona. Mm, that sounds like it would be uh, very interesting to to see what that would look like. So you say one day kind of transitions us into the next. What What is the future of ABT and, and maybe just student transportation in general? And I'll, we'll just go around and ask everybody. So I'll start with my left, JR. What do you think the future of ABT is and um, future of student transportation? Well, I believe that uh, AEPT is not going, going to go, go away. Um, we have a lot of strong people within that organization, and we don't want to see it fail at all. Uh, we know and understand that a lot of people before us have put in a great effort to get this organization up and going. And so we feel that obligation to make sure that we're not going to let those people down that were are there before us. Uh, so I feel good about that. I feel strong that Angie's going to be able to take the bull by the horns when we're able to come out of this pandemic and we're all going to be there to uh, help support her uh, with the decisions that need to be made with the uh, future of AAPT. Um, as far as transportation, I feel that um, we're not going anywhere either. I mean, we're being asked of things now uh, that we probably would have never thought before this pandemic that we'd be doing. And uh, with all the different avenues that our school districts and our communities are relying upon us to kind of help assist and the ideas that are coming out of uh, everyone at the school district were, were really a huge support for our communities and our school districts. And I believe that every one of us here have been able to say very proudly about their experiences this past year that we've been able to kind of uh, go with since um, we've had to kind of have this shutdown. Uh, within uh, a lot of our school districts. And just, um, you know, I, I feel that, of course, you know, transportation's trying to look for new avenues with uh, the electric school buses that are getting implemented, a lot of the propane buses that are out there. And so there's a lot of new innovation that's coming in for um, our our field. And uh, the, the toughest thing that we all face is just making sure that we have enough drivers to fill the seats that we're needed to have for our students. Sure. Hilma? Okay. Well, you know, AAPT was founded 
um, by bus drivers uh, to support and learn new and safer methods. And I, I, I believe that our association, we strongly believe that that's, that's our job and that we're here to make sure that that happens. And whatever it may be, I know I've dedicated my life to student transportation. Most, you know, I mean, uh, school bus yellow is in the veins. So whatever it takes to to make Arizona rise above uh, all other states in the nation, um, that's what we're here for. And I, that's one of my goals. So whether it be um, providing refresher training to um, DPS uh, inspections, student loading, whatever it takes for our drivers um, to be the safest and do the best that they can in Arizona. That's that's what I believe our association can do. Got it. Armando? Well, um, I, I agree with JR and Hilma. You know, on top of that it is um, there have been many people before us who, who really believed as strongly as we do in this organization. You know, I mentioned John Goss, John Smead, Lark Woodruff. Um, you know, Gabe Kachora, you know, Tina Betancourt, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. People that we, we recognize every year with AAPT and, and different things because they were the ones that helped keep the, the association going strong. Uh, as far as the training and everything, when I do my monthly little email newsletters to the membership, I always let them know that, you know, Arizona school bus drivers are some of the best trained in the nation. I faithfully look at all these different Facebook pages and social media groups that deal with school bus driving around the nation and the world. And I see some of the things that are going on out there. Not that anything like that couldn't happen in Arizona, but we, we don't have anything like that that happens. Hardly, and um, it I, I, it's a true testament to to our districts and the type of training they're providing to our bus drivers, and uh, and the commitment that our bus driving staff has to the safety of our students in in Arizona. That you know we have some of the best transportation people around, and I would you know stake my 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 right foot on that. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's uh, the as far as the future, we're only going to get stronger. And along with NASTA and TAA mm -hmm. and um, even ASBO, as they get uh, more involved with student transportation, all these organizations can help uh, bolster the the profession and you know, bring the respect that school bus drivers in Arizona are, are expecting and deserve. Thank you. And Angie is the incoming president. What uh, your hopes for TA or sorry, AAPT your, and your direction of kind of what you what you hope to accomplish in the next couple of years, hopefully. Well, I, I I would have to say I echo the same sentiments as Jr. 
Hilma and Armando. I totally agree with them. I don't think AAPT is going to die out. I think we have a very strong team of leaders working together to continue pushing forward. I personally would like to see, I, I know Armando just said Arizona has some of the best drivers. Yes, we do, but we need to continue to, 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 um, better, better them even more. I mean, mm -hmm. and I was thinking of California in how they certify their drivers. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if Arizona could mirror what California does in, in certifying their drivers, putting them through their state patrol mm -hmm. training classes, you know, something, something more, something better is what I am hoping for with AAPT. And I hope that we can, we can make some very strong changes for the, for the drivers and the association. And I'm sorry I get nervous when I talk. Oh no, don't even worry about it. Great. They're all the same people that you, that you know anyways, right? So. Yeah, and you asked me a question earlier about um, the Navajo Nation and, and the schools being open. I don't believe the schools are open. I believe they've been shut down for the remainder of the year. And I believe they are all still on lockdown as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're going mm -hmm. through some much more difficult uh, time than probably the the remainder of the state, at least in in most parts. So, uh, you know, we feel for them, and 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 if they're listening, let them know that you know they they certainly can reach out to any of us to uh, see how we can at least virtually help uh, in some way, shape, or form. Armando talked about, or I think it was Armando, maybe it was Jr. talking about Freddie. Freddie was on the show a few episodes ago to talk about his uh, legacy of the school bus and bus rodeo. So he's he's been on here and uh, check that episode out. We'll wrap it up with Chad and just any final thoughts that uh, you probably didn't know about APT and and you know what your thoughts are on the future of student transportation, Chad. Well, we need another hour episode for that, but I will say, I will say that just from what I've heard and, and what I know and uh, the current environment of the transportation industry, as far as schools go, I don't see it going anywhere either. And the reason is because of the training, because they've done such a good job of setting up and helping train people, you know, just everyone learn about the industry, learn about driving, you know, just helping drivers and helping transportation departments. And with the turnover with the drivers, I mean, that, that's something that's going to have to constantly be available to the school districts, to the drivers. It, I mean, this isn't going anywhere, you know, and, and well, I hope it doesn't. And I'm sure it won't just because there's a need for this. Right. You know, there's a need for an organization to help train and to help, you know, uh, teach drivers about the different rules. And, and, you know, of course, the rodeo is a fun thing and all that stuff's fun, but but this, the important side of it, it's not going anywhere because it's not like you get a driver in there, you know, they have 25 year careers driving school buses. I mean, there's a constant turnover in drivers. So, you know, you guys are going to be very crucial to the state. And I like, uh, I like what I've seen so far in Arizona as far as all the different school districts working together, you know, especially, you know, it was spotlighted during the, uh, the start of this COVID pandemic. 
everybody work together to learn the best way to sanitize buses and transport students and, you know, just take care of business. And it was, uh, it's refreshing to see that, but I think you guys are, are safe. And once you get that figure eight race going, you're going to cement yourself <laughs> in for decades to come. Well, we're looking, you know what, you know, you're, you're big into the race or the uh, remote control cars. I want to see yeah. if you, you can find us a fast remote control school bus like those. So that's your, um, that's your job for I the, could, between could, now and the next episode. I could build one, probably hit you, you know, about 50, 60 mile per hour if you'd like. Hey, I'm in, I'm in, but that, that needs yeah, to be added to my collection. Yeah. All right, friends, uh, yep. we're just pro- quickly approaching an hour, so that was a, a quick piece, uh, but I appreciate all of you taking a little time out of your Saturday today to uh, talk to us about ABT. Uh, real quick, where can if anybody else wants to know any more about the organization, where can they find uh, either a website or an email? Anybody want to plug that real quick? Well, I think we should let Hilma... Probably yeah. take care of that, you know. <laughs> yes, uh, our website is azpupiltransportation.com, and we have a lot of information. It definitely needs to be updated, but you can learn all about the association there, or you can email us at aapt.transportation at gmail.com, cool. and I'd be more than happy to assist you. Yep, and like and everybody. AZ- azpupiltransportation.com yes alright check it out Chad let us know how the, how the website looks right now. I just want to make sure everybody heard it because you know they could yep. be slow like me it's all good so uh, yeah this uh, like I said first episode of the new year so we've got uh, quite a few episodes lined up for the next uh, couple months and hope everybody's staying safe looking forward to getting out of this pandemic and kind of getting back to some sort of normal. So thank you all again. And until next time, everybody be safe, be well. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for all you guys do. Have a good thank day. you. Thank you. Hey. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off. <laughs>